Hey, what's up, listeners of Unapologetic Leadership? I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Out of the thousands of podcasts that exist, I am greatly appreciative of the fact that you took the time to listen to this one. If you want to find out more about the work that I do, please visit me at drmarcusbeland.com. There you can find information about uh, professional development opportunities as well as keynote speaking opportunities. If you are planning a conference or a district kickoff or you would like me to come visit your school district, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. There's contact information there and I would love to come and visit and hang out with you. Again, thank you for listening to Unapologetic Leadership. Hey, what's up, listeners? Back for another episode of Unapologetic Leadership. Thanks for joining me. Um, I am at the brink of waking up on a beautiful, beautiful Friday morning, getting to talk with a, uh, a great friend, Marvin Smith, who I am going to kick uh, it over to here shortly uh, just to talk a little bit about his journey and, and first year as a principal, doctoral candidate, raising a couple young boys, just black man in education, just doing the thing, just doing the thing. But before I get into that, I have to be honest. Um, I woke up this morning uh, having to add something else to my life. Uh, I am now officially on threads. I got Twitter, Instagram, WhatsApp, Facebook, TikTok, Snapchat, you name it, like my, I need a social media manager. So this is just a plug for that. If you're not on threads, no shade to Twitter, but threads is really, um, we need to create a network of educators on threads, just as much as we have a network on Twitter. Um, people will find their niche, but we got to be in all of them. Uh, education is what it's about. The conversation needs to happen in every single space. So if you need to venture in, Y'all know I'm I, I do the digital thing. That's that's what I do. I love technology. Um, and I think the space for education is gonna be awesome. Um, and you're gonna be able to learn a lot, especially coming up to this next school year. So check it out if you got questions or need something. Don't hesitate to reach out to me. But that's not what we're here for to talk about and promote social media platforms and threads. Again, it's about the networking. But I've been able to network with a brother uh Marvin Smith, soon to be doctor. Marvin Smith. Hey, Marvin, I said it now. It's out there in the ethos. People will know you. So there's there's no turning back now, man. Well, welcome to the show. Man, Dr. Breland, I appreciate you having me, man. Uh, and I'm going to receive that and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept that. And you said you're going to hold me accountable. And, uh, uh, it, you know, it's a journey and you've been there. So it's, it's definitely a, a village. It's going to take a village to get there, but I'm going to get there. There's no hey, doubt about man. it. I told uh, before we hit the record button, I told him, because uh, I asked where where he was in his in his uh, in his process and just kind of really getting started on the uh, the journey of writing. Uh, and I told him, man, if I hear of somebody, I could be in McDonald's hearing somebody talk about their doctoral program. I will get their cell number. I will connect with them and I will push them every single step of the way. A, a complete stranger because the, the journey is is challenging. It's hard. It's hard when you're sitting there trying to write this thing and present it and do the work that's necessary to get those two letters in front of your name. It's a journey, but it's a great journey. It's a rewarding journey. So uh, Marvin, we definitely gonna, uh, gonna keep pushing you on that, but let's hop into it, man. Tell, uh, tell the listeners just who you are, what you've been up to, what's going on and 
uh, let's rock it. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you. And again, thanks for having me on. Uh, Marvin Smith, uh, as you as you said earlier, first year principal or just, or just wrapped up my first year. We, we turned the calendar to July so I can start focusing on uh, year two uh, here in North Carolina. This is my this will be my 22nd. I just completed my 21st year in education. I uh, started out as a as a third and fifth grade teacher for five years. And then I taught sixth grade math for nine years. And then I've been in administration. I just completed my seventh year. So inching inching ever closer to uh to retirement i don't i don't know what i would do when i retire other than other than education like i i just i love it man i, I love the opportunities that education gives us uh it's the great equalizer um it is it's the one thing that everybody has to do for at least a period of time and and you know hopefully we take advantage of it and i i certainly have i i have to pinch myself routinely uh to you know i, I get a little bit of sticker shock when i see principal and i pull in the dry in the, in the parking lot and uh and uh, I get to sit in that chair and, and and people expect me to know what I'm doing. And most of the time I do. And so other times I'm like, you know what? I don't know, but I, we'll, we'll figure it out together. But uh, it's just, it, you know, education is amazing, man. It, it can do great things. And, you know, I was raised by a 15-year-old single mom, uh, you know, not having a, a father involved. And, you know, it took the village. It took the village. It took, you know, extended family. It took educators, really, educators and coaches, Um you know, they 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 showed me a path that, you know, you know, unfortunately, my family could not. But I but I had people that did and and people that believed in me. And I feel like I owe the world a debt and in returning the favor and paying it forward and trying to take our kids, you know. Um, and I've worked mainly in Title One schools over the course of my 21 years. So trying to take kids that don't see the path and don't see the the opportunities because, you know, maybe they're in a situation where they don't have people that can show them. And that's I feel like that's my job. My job is to is to extend the olive branch and you know the more we know the more we share the more we can uplift um not only our kids but when we uplift our kids it uplifts our communities as well so um i feel like uh this is a if this is a calling i feel like you know god put me here to to do what i'm doing and i love it and i like i said i don't know what else i would possibly do in this world Ooh, man i got <laughs> i got goosebumps man he out here preaching this morning that's <laughs> yes yes man that is uh Wow, that's that's deep, man. You know, and and you coming off your first year, it's interesting. You know, you talk about having to pinch yourself and and really looking at as you pull into the parking lot every morning. I'm five years in the same building. I do the same thing very, very, very often. Um, you know, when you look at sometimes, I think we as as school leaders just hit the autopilot. You know, when we get into something, the work gets to be a lot. Uh, we get focused on trying to do the right things for our building all the time um, in fear of making a mistake somewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we set our sights on, like, we got to keep moving. We got to do great things. And sometimes it's stepping back to realize the magnitude of the positions in which we hold um, and the power that those positions have, just as those that, uh, you know, in anybody in education, no matter in what capacity you serve, <laughs> I've always said this, whether you're a yellow limousine driver bringing kids to and from school every single day or sitting in the highest chair in the district, um, you know, making decisions, every decision we make has an impact on kids. Um, you know, and so it to your other point, man, there's there's no right way. Right. There's you have to create it. Um, nobody will ever give you a folder when you take the role of a principal and say, here's how you do it. There's no books that exist, no programs that say there are programs that get you at least an idea. 
Um, but it's all circumstantial, right? You walk into a building, you don't know what problems you're going to deal with on day one. Um, but you got to you got to make it happen. Right. And you got to make the best decision and the best decision for kids and live unapologetically with that. So, man, let's ha- hop into uh, hop into year one, man. What was it like? What when you started? Go back to go back to July 1st of 2022 until now. Like, tell us, take take us through the journey. I'll tell you, my my situation was unique. Um, I commute an hour to my to my position. I uh, I, I taught in a district for, or I was an AP in a district for four years and, and didn't really get an, an opportunity as a principalship. And one of my doctoral cohort members, uh, a position came open in her district. And she was like, hey, you should probably apply for this. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go through the interview process and I'll, I'll, I'll see what it's about. And long, long story short, I interviewed, got offered the job, accepted the job. So I commute an hour. Um, so for me, the first year really was just about getting to know the school, the district, the people in the district. Uh, I was learning a lot of new protocols. You know, typically when you when you take a principalship, it may, it may be in a district that you're familiar with. So things as simple as who to call whenever you have an issue with transportation or, you know, curriculum questions or, you know, HR stuff like you, you, a lot of it was learning the protocols and you know, first week of school, I, I had all this major buildup to be in my first day as a principal. And and I, I woke up Sunday morning with a fever and I was out the first week with COVID. So uh, it was it, it was not ideal by any stretch of the imagination. But I felt like my team, you, you realize very quickly the principal seat is a lonely seat like it's, you know, and I fortunately the we have two middle schools in our district and the other principal in our district, he was first year, too. So we, we have conversations every morning just to check in and, you know, uh, all throughout the day. But uh, my team at school, my assistant principal, my facilitator, my, my counselor, that, that I feel like if you're doing the things that you're supposed to be doing, it should run without you. Um, and I, and, and my, the team held it down and I was able to, and then my son ended up sick. So we, you know, I missed the whole first week and then I came back on week two and, it's kind of humming and I'm still trying to, you know, catch my bearings about me because I wasn't sure exactly what was going on. I, I didn't know kids at that point because I was new to the district. I didn't know families. I was still getting to know teachers. And I, I, I spent some time last summer, you know, meeting one-on-one with all the teachers. So I, I had met them, but in terms of working with them and doing the day-to-day stuff, it was a full year of learning and taking in information and using, you know, some anecdotal data or just, you know, some informal observation stuff to say, like, I don't understand why that works or why that didn't work. So let's let's make a change. And um, the first year was really an observation year. And, you know, you, you make minor changes because you don't want to rock the boat too much. But going into this summer and after, you know, going through testing data, you can look at data and it can say anything that you want. But when you get to know the people, which is what education is all about, programs matter, sure. Um, you have all these new initiatives, but until you get you know, until you realize you're in the people business, um, you're, you're going to struggle. The data made sense to me once I understood the people and um, and just, you know, trying to make those those changes that you feel like you're putting people in the right places to do the right things and getting to know the families and why kids believe like they believe. So it, it really was a, a, a year of uh, learning who I'm dealing with so that I can know what I need to do going forward to, to best address the needs that we have. Wow. That's good, man. Uh, you know, data tells stories, um, you know, working in a title one school, it's not just numbers on the paper, right? It's understanding the journey in which our kids come through. It's also a journey in which our staff come through because when our staff, uh, walk into the classroom every day, we expect them to be everything and all things to kids all the time. 
Um, and sometimes what takes a back seat is like our, our personal lives, because we try not to bring necessarily that to the building, but ultimately like as human beings and, and being part of the, the people business, that has to be part of it all the time. It has to be a foundation of how we understand people because the flow of life is just crazy. Um, and we can't expect 180 days that kids come into the building that everything's going to be perfect all the time. And so we have to be able to adjust and adapt. I'm glad you talked about your team. Huge shout out to them, um, you know, and being able to just take the lead, you know, when uh, when you weren't there. Um, and I think that's most important, right? There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of belief that, yes, principals are the chief decision makers of their building. But ultimately, if you create that team that share leadership mentality, uh, the ability for people to make decisions and you are like a cheerleader sometimes and being able to support them, that's that that is critical to the work. Um, that's also critical uh, to to the legacy in which you start to create um, and, and leave. So, all right. Year two. You're getting ready to hop in it. What's new this year? What's what's the big focus? Year two. Uh and 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 to piggyback on what you were about to say, and this this is going into it, that shared leadership piece, it's much easier to get people on board with you if they feel like they have some choice in the if they feel like they have some say in what's going on and the decisions that are made, it's much easier to get buy-in. But uh but year two, we are um we are headed to to San Antonio on Monday to the Avid Conference. Oh yeah, um, uh, I, and I I was an avid teacher my last year as a teacher. Um, just we we live in a Title One district. You know, eighty five percent of our students are free and reduced lunch. Uh, typically, mo the majority of them will be you know first generation college students. Um, so just uh, trying to build that college going culture um, is is one of the things that we're going to focus on. And I I feel like the biggest thing for me this year for whatever reason in middle school and i and i teach at a middle or I, I teach in a middle school well i still teach too but uh i'm principal of a middle school for whatever reason middle school parents they just take their hands off like they are i, I taught elementary for a long time and i was an elementary ap very hands-on and for whatever reason the transition from fifth grade to sixth grade parents just let go so we uh we had no pto this year or um, pta i don't know what it's called in, in illinois but Parent involvement is a, is a huge thing for me. So uh, my team and I are trying to find ways to to, to welcome parents into the building, uh, and also thinking about ways, you know, having uh, instead of having um, sit team meetings or staff meetings in the building or uh, events in the building, trying to take those to communities, uh, find a you know find a church or find a, a building. So instead of having them come to us, because a lot of times people that have had lack of success in schools or they don't believe in schools or they don't feel comfortable coming in schools it doesn't matter what we do we're not going to get them to come in but we can you know remove a barrier if we take things to them so one of the things that I'm, I'm really looking at this year is trying to find ways to connect with families better because you realize the the success is going to come from us the three of us working together the parents the, stu the school and the student all on the same page because a lot of times the the breakdown in communication comes from lack of parent parent involvement. Um, so that's that to me, that's my biggest charge this year. And and like I said, and making sure that we have the right people in the right places this year. Uh, and then I'm a I'm I'm a doer by nature. Like I'm gonna put my nose to the grindstone and work. I'm I don't want to be heard. I don't I, I'm appreciating this opportunity on the podcast because I feel like it's a it's it's a wonderful thing. And I, like I said, I I hope this helps somebody. But um, I have to be more vocal this year 
Um, that's one of those, that's a, a growth, uh, opportunity for me. I'm not, I'm not a very vocal person. I just want to go do like, tell me what you need me to do, or, you know, I, I don't mind going to do whatever needs to be done, but, um, just, you know, kind of putting my stamp a little bit more on things this year, because that, like I said, that first year was a big observation piece. So parent involvement, uh, you know, making sure that we're supporting teachers and getting that buy-in and, and also trying to create a, a college going culture at our school. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's, oh, you t- <laughs> My mind is really instead of a, a a bunch of stuff that um you know is critical um is critical to the work um I even five years in like this past year I would say I would say in the spring for sure um we uh can being able to connect with parents there is so much education has changed so much and I always hear the line especially when a parent comes in and they're upset and they're like. Well, when I was back in school, like the kid, we didn't do any of this. I, I understand. And when I was back in school, I didn't do it either. But neither of us are in school <laughs> and things have completely changed. And what we have to continually remember is that even though our kids are are, are listening to us and they're hearing our process and they're getting connected to the culture, the more parents are connected, the better the culture, the stronger the culture becomes because it becomes 365 seven days a week 24 hours a day you know what I mean like it 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 permeates into the community um because parents are understanding that when they send their kids to school they know what they're getting and they know what to expect when they come home um and no surprises right parents need to be a part of understanding processes and how things work because education is continually changing we need to help them be more confident in knowing that the work that they're doing at home with their kids is the right work, right? People raising people who send their kids to high school for the first time and you see them walk in uh, on material pickup day or orientation. And they're like, Oh goodness. Like just my first, I'm nervous. I'm nervous for them. Like, and I always have to tell them like, they're going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Just partner with us, learn about what we're doing and how we're doing it. So you can help and enforce that at home. And on the, on the flip side, we learn from, parents of how are you doing this at home like what's the impact that this is having and maybe we need to make some change and you can only do that if you have conversations so I started actually having conversations um this summer at the beginning of the summer I uh had emailed out and parents met them at Starbucks and it was like man let's let's sit at Starbucks let's have some uh, uh some coffee or Panera is opening a store down the street I'm excited we're gonna do principal or uh Panera with the principal uh, two peas, I, I guess I'm gonna just throw it out there. Um, I don't even know how that's gonna look, but um, just finding ways to connect outside of the building because you're right, there are people who have had traumatic experiences in schools. Unfortunately, um, they're either their schooling wasn't great, or a situation has happened, or they've had their kids go through situations, or they know of situations, and they don't want to step foot inside of a building to talk to nobody. Like, right. here's my kid, take them educate them, send them home safe, period. Right. Right. And it's, it's amazing. Like the only time there's, there's parents that I I never saw until May. And it's because uh, we, you know, maybe we, we didn't allow them to participate if they didn't have a fee paid. Like Mm. I've only been sending that out since November. Like let's, let's, you know, come, come in. Let's, I don't know. It's, it's crazy how, um, how a negative, a negative circumstance that they had 15, 20 years ago still impacts their, I was like, I don't even know who the prince, I don't know anybody that was here at that point in time. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but you, we're, we're constantly trying to break down walls and break down beliefs and break down those things. So um, that, like I said, and, and you said it as well, I, I definitely like the idea about Starbucks or, or Panera with the principal. That's, maybe that's something I need to do this summer is just uh, un, you know, not attached to a test or uh, anything in particular. Let's, let's just have a conversation and, and bring your concerns because I often don't hear about things until it's, you know, way too later. It's, or they've reached a boiling point. Like there was an Instagram poster. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, I don't know. I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about, but please come, come, come. My door is always open. Um, and I don't, and for me, and I, I, I'm willing to bet you're the same way. There's not much that I take personally. You know, I, I realize that people are sending us their best and they want what's best for their kids. Just like I want the best for my two. Uh, you know, I'm going to stand on the table and I'm going to support them. And so when you come in, like, I, I don't have any ill will towards you. You come in and you share and we're going to do it respectfully. But I'm always here to listen to you, because, like I said, we always want our your your kids success, whether people believe that or not. Your kids success is our success. Like if they're not successful, best believe you'll have a new principal at some point in time in the near future. So um, I, I'm rooting for their success just like you are. Yeah. And I mean, it's ultimately, you know, schools are the pinnacles of communities. Um, you know, just like you said earlier, like for a period of time, everybody has to have some level of education, whether that's in a brick and mortar uh, school building or if it's homeschooling or if it's on the job training or learning for people who don't have any educational uh, foundation around them. Like education happens everywhere and and it's about connection. It's about connection. It's about hearing the stories. It's about um, um, really helping kids on that journey uh, to realize what's possible, because ultimately they are going to be making decisions when we can't make decisions for ourselves. <laughs> and I want to make sure that they have the knowledge to be able to, to grow and give them the foundational skills. Now, I'm high school, right? I, I got 720 days for each kid from the time they enter as a freshman to the time they walk across stage at graduation, I got 720 days. That's all I get to impact the life of an individual student in, in my building. Um, and for you at the middle school, middle school, I, I always say like six to eighth grade, it's like 540, 540. 540. That's yep. it. Yep. That's all. That's all you got. 540 days to really make some, something crazy happen in the most pivotal and developmental years of their life. That's crazy. I was going to say that that six to eighth grade window, man, there's so many changes when a kid goes from, you know, you walk in the door at 11 and they leave at 13, 14. Like they, they have changed. They look like babies when they walk in the door and they look sometimes like adults when they walk out. And I don't think people understand the, the, the dynamics that shift in middle school. It is. So, and it's, and it's often the first time where, you know, when you're in elementary school, you were at Laurel Hill Elementary for all six years, and this person was at Sycamore Lane, and this person was at IE Johnson. Now they're all meshed together, so you know the pecking order changes. And so, middle school is a it's it's a I love it. I love middle school. I love middle school kids, and I feel like a lot of times you just got to be a middle school person. Yeah, there's so many so many different dynamics and changes that occur whenever they join up in uh, that sixth to eighth grade years. It's something crazy. Like I, when I started, so I started teaching uh, fifth and sixth grade uh, social studies at a charter school uh, in central Illinois, man. And and when my sixth graders got to be seventh graders, it was like a year. It we could just erase it from the books, man. It was it was crazy just to see the dynamics in the shift. It was great. It was great progress and growth, but man, the kids were 
at each other. Like it, it to be a middle school anything, you got to have a love and a passion for kids. It, it's all the quirks. It's all of the trying to figure out who you want to be, where you want to be, what you want to do. And once they get to that level of being built up of like, yeah, I am who I am. They're eighth grade. And then they leave and go off to high school and the pecking order changes. Right. And they're now back down to the bottom. And um, I think social media has a, a, a big draw um, on how that pecking order happens and how it changes, because there's so much of a story that can get told in middle school that then follows you. Right. right. And so, right. Uh, really creating that environment within schools where kids can just be connected for the sake of being kids, right? And connecting with each other and connecting with the staff. And uh, again, parents connecting uh, is is critical. It's important. Um, man, I think it's about connection. Is like, that's, that is the focus. Yeah, I, I listen, I, I'll, I will contend that I am not the I am not the the smartest person, the best math teacher there ever was, but my ability to connect, I still have kids that I taught in 2002. I I, I, I took my kids on a field trip um, back in April. We went to, I, and these are kids that live in the center of North Carolina. Like we're the geographic center of North Carolina. So they're, you know, we're three hours from the beach. Mm-hmm. And a lot of kids, the first time they'd ever been to the beach. In my first two years, I, I taught in Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, I saw my first group of third graders who were eight years old at the time and are now 28, 29 years old. I stopped at a restaurant and I saw one of my kids and she was like, Mr. Smith, is that you? And I was like, Karen Gonzalez, is that you? And she, and it was just <laughs> the connections, man. You and, and you just never know. One of the things about education is you just don't know how much you impact someone until years later. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some kids that you connect with immediately and you know, you know, very quickly that y'all have a connection. But, you know, the, a, a kid that you taught in 2012 that remembers the time that you squirted water, uh, you know, you shot them with a thing of water or something, or you um, you, you brought them a, some trinket from home that they said that they like. It's it, the, the connections. It's all about people. And um, as long as you keep, you know, sp- specifically kids, but also the adults, like I, I try to create a, a family atmosphere at my school and I let them know that Braden and Mason are my top priority in this world. Like I am their dad before I am. Marvin Smith principal at East Middle School or whatever, because that stuff can be removed. But these guys, mm-hmm. um, if they're sick, it's my responsibility to take care of them. And I expect you to do the same if something's going on in your family. So it's truly about connections. It's truly about people and uh, and creating that atmosphere where people feel like they can be people first and then, you know, and then educators um, or then students or then parents or what have you. So absolutely connections. So I'm going to I'm going to throw this question out here. Um, some because I asked it and I asked it in a um uh in a session that I was doing and it it was um how do you want people to remember you when the day of retirement comes or the next opportunity comes in East Middle School? How do you want people to remember you? Um. Whew. I want them to remember me as a person that genuinely cared about people. Um, Test scores are going to be what they are. Um, You know, people do what they want. I generally treated people fairly and in a kind way. And I really genuinely wanted the best for everybody. Um, You know, I don't have a specific, all 460 kids that are in my building, 
I want whatever their best is for them, along with the 51 adults in my building. Like I want whatever their North Star is. I want them to achieve it so that I not only that I, you know, that I showed up for them and I did everything that I possibly could, but also that I genuinely cared and they felt that I cared about them as people. Mm. That's good, man. That's good. Uh, as we wrap up here, man, I, God, that's good, man. He just, there are genuinely like the narrative of education has definitely changed, but it's got to be changing for the better, man. There's some great things going in schools, great things, great things. I mean, when you have great leaders, when you have great people, great teams, great, every great kids, like it is it, the culture changes, the narrative changes. And I think what people fail to, to realize sometimes is how much we take the work that we do and the passion that we have and really try to bring it to life every single day. Um, and, and to serve in any role, uh, when you have to have an impact on kids again, just, just like you said, like you, you may not know that impact until 10, 15 years down the road when you see them at a store or when, uh, or even when they decide they are going to send their kids to your school, if you're still there, you know what I mean? Like you just, it's all about legacy. It's all about the culture, what you create. Um, and and the impact that you have, man. So for everybody who is looking at education, just understand that the four walls uh, of a school building um, that you drive by every single day, that you walk by, that you see every single day, just know that there are some great things that are happening inside. There are some changes for sure. There's some growth. There's all of that. There always will be. Um, but every school, there there are some great things happening and we have to be able to elevate the stories uh, of what's going on. And I've learned a lot about uh, East Middle School uh, from soon to be Dr. Marvin Smith. Uh, and man, it's just, it's been great to connect with you and and for the listeners, man, to really hear from a first year principal who is fired up, ready to go into year two. Yes, sir. Um, and, and I'm just excited about the journey. Yes, sir. Well, listen, Dr. Bielman, I, I appreciate you so much and the opportunity. And like I said, I, I love your podcast. I love what you the perspectives that you bring to education. And, and a lot of times people, they, they, they are afraid to peek inside. And there's really, like you said, there's some fantastic things going on in the building and, and some true, some adults that are on fire about impacting kids. And, and they, and we realize, you know, the impact that we could have. Um, but again, that, that, that family piece, that community piece, that's, that's the piece that we really want to harp on. But, um, but yeah, there's, I, I, I'm, I marvel all the time. That's one of the things I love about leadership. When I walk around the building, I see all of the fun things and all the great things that are going on. And that keeps me energized every day because I pick up something, um, all the time I pick up if I, when I, when I go back to the classroom, cause I feel like one day I'm going to want to go back and in my career teaching kids again, uh-huh. but I, I, I've picked up so many just neat things or so many very innovative tactics to teach the same thing like two people can teach the exact same concept completely different ways based on the needs of their kids and I, I it's just phenomenal the way that um that educators are able to make to to reach kids and make things make sense yeah man that's that's gold man that is there are people who will listen to this that will learn some great things today man because you definitely brought it this morning i appreciate you hopping on appreciate you connecting as always, man, I want people, when we talk about connection and staying connected and developing that network. So uh, Marvin, how, if, if people are listening to this, how can they connect with you if they want to learn more, if they want to get connected, how do they connect with you? 
Um, I am on Twitter. Uh, it's it's Dr. Smith MD4. I'm on Facebook. I'm Marvin Smith on Facebook. Uh, I'm in uh, Montgomery County Schools, North Carolina, uh, East Middle School. But I feel please reach out. I would love to hear from you. I feel like we learn so much more as we share. Um, education is not a competition to me. If you're doing something fantastic, I would love to hear about it as well. So I can you know, if it fits my school, bring it to my school as well. So please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Like I said, Dr. Beeland, I, I, I appreciate this opportunity, man. It's, it's great to, to, to sit and chop it up with you and uh, look forward to, to growing as, a, as an educator brother with you. Hey, man, it's a pleasure. I love doing this work, man. I actually, it, it's a bucket filler. Right? When, when I reached out and was like, hey, man, I want you to be on the show. And, and you asked the question, like, man, how did you even start this? And it happened in the pandemic where I needed I needed something to fill my bucket, man. I was I was down. I needed I I am a a people person and connecting with people face to face is a thing. And I was tired of doing it on a screen. Um, and and then when I realized, like, since I have to be on the screen, like, let's talk to people. Uh, and this is this is a bucket filler for me, man. So I learn a lot. Uh, from the people that I have on the show. Um, I learned a lot today. I'm sitting here. I got tons of notes. I've already got, I always keep something to write with, man, because there's dropping knowledge and just carrying things forth is, is like I said, it, it, it is that bucket filler. It is the the spark for me. So um, let's stay connected, brother. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you being on. Uh, and I want to thank the listeners for listening to another episode of Unapologetic Leadership don't hesitate to reach out and connect with anyone uh, you feel is going to help you and take you to the next level because it's all about connection and education. So thanks for joining us on the show. We will see you in the next episode. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. Explore more podcasts at teachbetter.com slash podcasts, and we'll see you at the next episode.